I would always recommend to anyone considering entering the property market to first and foremost do a comprehensive budget. So know what your earnings are and what income is coming in and then know what your commitments are and to work out a proper budget of what you actually have available. So the banks, all the banks, all the financial institutions will lend 100% of purchase price. My name is Diana and this is the Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week, we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt, and investing for the future. Welcome to the Family Finance Show with Diana Granu, proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. This podcast is your weekly guide to effective budgeting, planning, and future-proofing of your family's finances. Because money matters to every family, and every family matters at Old Mutual. Enjoy the show. In this podcast, Jenny Rushin, the National Development Manager for BetterBond, joins us. BetterBond submits thousands of home loan applications every month on behalf of their customers, and so Jenny is well positioned to give us tips on how to get a home loan. Very few people can afford to buy a home using cash, and so getting a bank loan to fund the purchase of your home is an important step for most families. Jenny tells us what banks look for when someone applies for a home loan. She gives us tips on how to qualify for the loan amount you need. And she tells us how bond originators can help you negotiate a better interest rate. The interest rate you pay is very important because it determines your biggest cost in borrowing money, the interest payment. If you wanted to get a home loan from a bank, Jenny, what are their minimum requirements? Hi, so in quite simple terms, the bank will look at two specific things for minimum requirements. Most importantly, they will always want to know that the consumer is able to repay the home loan. And in order for them to be able to determine that, they would always need to know that there is enough net surplus income from the individual after all expenses have been deducted. So in simple terms, if you were, if your bond installment was a thousand rand, they would want to know that you had more than that a thousand rand as net surplus income for the repaymentability of that home loan. And second, most important thing as well that they will always look at, they will always look at what they call behavior risk scoring. So in terms of what that means is um, on your past behavior, how you have managed any credit is indicative then of what your future behavior will be. So it's always important and we will always advise consumers as well to keep a healthy credit record. But combined on those two things are the biggest things the banks look at in terms of can you afford and is your scoring correct for them to lend to you. If you don't currently qualify for a home loan, what can you do to improve your chances of being approved for a loan? Absolutely. So first of all, um, I would always recommend to anyone considering entering the property market to first and foremost do a comprehensive budget. So know what your earnings are and what income is coming in and then know what your commitments are and to work out a proper budget of what you actually have available. If that's not quite enough in terms of what you want to qualify for right now, there's a couple of things you can do. You could look at adjusting the price bracket that you want to enter in. Secondly, you could look at reducing some of your debt. So perhaps you have a few, 
Perhaps you want to pay off a few things that can make a big difference in terms of the home loan amount that you actually qualify for. And I always say the sum debt is good because you do need some debt for them to um, establish a credit scoring behavior for you. But to try and have as little debt as you humanly can in order to reduce those monthly expenses will then help you to be able to qualify. Once you know you've qualified for a loan, it's not happy days just yet. You need to know how much a bank will be willing to lend you. So here on the Family Finance Show, our mission is to help families make better financial decisions. And one of the best decisions you can make, I think, is to be cautious about the amount of debt you take on. If you take out the maximum loan a bank will lend you, you could be placing your future self in a bit of a risky position. What's a good rule of thumb when working out how big a loan to apply for? So I think you always need to allow for some kind of eventuality. So you may, you may qualify for a loan of a million rand, but if you have a look at that budget and it doesn't allow you any excess income left over in the eventualities, as we know, things happen in life as well. Mm-hmm. There's- else that you would need to have some extra disposable income so it's always probably important to ensure that you are comfortable with what that repayment is but also allowing that you still have even a little bit more net disposable income just for anything that you could need you may need to repair a car and you need some extra cash for that if that home loan's taking you to the absolute maximum that can sometimes then be tough so it probably is good advice to maybe err a little bit on the side of caution, just so that you know the banks do lend still up to 100 and in some cases even 104% of the purchase price of the property you're purchasing. There is nothing wrong with taking the full 100%. I do want to say that. But you've got to know that if you take that 100% of your full purchase price, that you still have extra disposable income every month in case of eventualities that could happen. What about deposits? It obviously helps to have a large deposit to put down that looks good to a bank. But if you don't have a deposit, what are your options? So the banks, all the banks, all the financial institutions will lend 100% of purchase price. Um, There's a couple of factors that go into account of this. Obviously, they would, as we've already mentioned previously, they would need to know that you have the net disposable income. They would want to make sure that your credit score is correct for 100% lending. Um, you can, in some instances and in some price brackets, even add some costs on to go to 104% home loan. So there are options for customers that do not have a deposit. Don't be put off if you don't have a deposit because the, a lot of the banks are lending very aggressively in the 100% loan to value. But if you do have a deposit, it's always beneficial to put some form of a deposit on. And even if it's 2 or 3%, even if it's 5%, whatever you're able to, because I will tell you that the terms you can then negotiate on your home loan, especially around interest rates and what interest rate the bank will actually afford you on that home loan, you're in a much stronger position for us to be able to negotiate that best rate for you. So deposit would be first prize over and above anything else, but there are options if you do not have a deposit. And a large portion of our, our applications every month are done at the 100% loan to value mark. You mentioned that some banks would be willing to give you up to a 104% loan. What is that extra 4% for? I guess it's costs related to the purchase of the house. Is it transfer costs or can it also be used for renovating the property? What is that extra 4% for? 
So those would be towards your bond registration fees. Um, you can add on your bond registration fee and the bank also charges a one-source what they call an initiation fee that can also be added on to your bond amount when you sign with the attorneys. So it is for specifically bond costs. You would not be able to use that money for anything else. It would specifically go towards the bond registration fees. So let's say now you've qualified for a loan, you have a deposit saved up, you're certain that you can afford to take on the debt and you found the home of your dreams, which is not always that easy to do within your budget. Um, but let's say you've done all of these things, you're ready to buy the house. What is the next step? So um, just to go back one step, I mean, just so you know, especially with our business, the bear bond. So we do usually um, advise all customers to be issued with what they call a pre-approval certificate, okay. which means that we've actually got a full application form for you. It's actually gone through a... Um, a credit check and we've issued you with a certificate to say that you can purchase for X amount. Obviously, it still needs to get submitted to a physical financial institution once you've found that dream home. But it's actually a physical certificate that gets issued, which gives you quite nice buying power in the market as well. Now you've got your certificate, you've now found the home. So your next step would obviously be to put in an offer to purchase. Um, if your offer to purchase is accepted by the seller via one of our real estate partners, your next step would be then where the mortgage originator would now take that offer to purchase, combine it with your application that you've done with us, along with all the supporting documentation, and then submit it to all of our financial institutions that we have arrangements with. And then we will negotiate for you what is getting you the best possible terms, not only on interest rate, but also on loan to value for you. I used BetterBond when I was looking to get a home loan for our current home. And I was very impressed with how the consultant made the process so easy for me and my husband. We were first time buyers and we really didn't know what we were doing. Um, and I found using the bond originator quite helpful. In the end, our bank offered us a really good interest rate on a home loan. And we didn't go through better bond, but I found the process of using a bond originator uh, quite useful, um, mainly because of the assistance on negotiating interest rates. What are some of the other advantages of using a bond originator? Yeah, so we have this great analogy in our business. We always say, if you were going to book an airline ticket today, you wouldn't just go onto one airline's website. You'd probably ask for price checks and you'd get a variety of options of what that air, that airline ticket actually costs you before you actually decide who you're actually going to book with. So our big philosophy is, I mean, then why was probably the biggest ever make in your lifetime and the biggest financial commitment? Would you not shop around? And ultimately, even if that means that you do end up securing your home loan through your own bank, um, it's still, if you really think about it logically, your own bank has got no other bank to compete against if you only go to them. The moment you start shopping around, your own bank will also put the best offer on the table for you, which is a win for the consumer because it is about rands and cents and it is about the best deal that you can put on the table. So it's about interest rates, it's about loan to value, but it's also about a seamless process. So one set of supporting documentation, one person to with. Um, if there are any queries that we need to go back to the banks with, you deal with one person, it then covers all of those financial institutions you have control over, your home loan application and where it is, and you have 
feedback every single day on where you where your home loan application is in the process. Jenny, do you have any final tips for families who want to get a home loan, whether it's their first or second, third, fourth, fifth home loan? Any tips for us? I think some good sound advice, you know, if you are considering looking at a home loan or looking at the entry market, first, second, fifth, house it doesn't actually matter do the homework behind you know go through the process of getting the pre-approval done know exactly what you actually qualify for that would be my huge advice I would also advise any youngsters entering the market if you're able to start saving do it now so that when you're ready to enter the market it is always much more powerful if you do have a small deposit my final question is one that I ask all my guests, and that is, what is the one piece of financial advice that you would like to pass on to your children? And I just mentioned already, you know, start saving, because I do believe that that is something that we should all do. I don't think we do it as much as we can, wherever it's humanly possible, it's a great thing. Um, perhaps spend less than what you earn. It's never bad advice. You're able to do that. Make the right investments, you know. Um, so I mean, I've been in this business for a long time, and I periodically, every quarter, still sit with my own budget because we sometimes forget what those things look like. So it's always important to take a little bit of introspection, look at your budget, see exactly. And I know I'm uh, probably not objective when I say this, but if I could say, property is the single greatest investment you'll ever make. Um, I wish if I could go back to 20 years, I would have probably bought more property when I was younger. Um, I would have taken a plunge and actually entered the market perhaps a little bit earlier than I did. So yeah, I look for the right investments. Um, and I think property personally is one of the best investments you'll ever make in your lifetime. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being. Thank you for listening to the Family Finance Show with Diana Granu, proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. The time is now to own your financial future. Visit oldmutual.co.za for more great advice, articles, free budgeting tools and calculators, or to find a financial advisor. We'll be back next week.